Hey everyone, this episode today tackles topics such as transphobia, racism, homophobia and abortion. So if that brings anything up for you, please give this episode a miss and there will be some resources in the show notes. A listener production. This podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past, present. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Guys, well, the first part of the recap, my reactions to the GOP debate was um, pretty perfect and amazing as far as I'm concerned. So here's more, part two, more incredible topics. It's such a thrill. Okay, now we're on to abortion, which is really thrilling for everyone involved. All now, men discussing it, only one woman on men. stage. And then, and then our girl boss discussing yeah. it as well. So it's all men discussing abortion and None of them are not pro-life, so let's just presume they are all pro-life. We'll get into this. Now, obviously, last year Roe v. Wade was overturned, so Roe v. Wade made, you know, protected abortion rights in all 50 states. The Supreme Court overturned it, and now each state has their own decision-making in how they will rule abortion. So a lot of states, a lot of red states now have literally no access to abortion, even if you're going to die from that pregnancy even if it's an eptopic pregnancy, even if it's a result of rape, or even if you just don't fucking want it, which is a good enough fucking reason. And a lot of these states intersect their anti-abortion policies with really shit sex education. So a lot of young people are getting pregnant and having to keep those children. So they're basically like tying in, oh, this promiscuity that's happening because people are overexposed to sex is leading to people getting pregnant outside of wedlock or whatever the fuck. Uh, and then yeah. that's like, is that their so kind we'll of common sense? So we'll do absence education. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, so they want to do absence education. We don't even because... need abortion rights in the first place if everybody actually is all wholesome and sanctimonious, right? Is yes, that the... Ron de Sanctimonious, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. So it also just intersects with the Republicans not wanting to accept people fuck for pleasure. Um, right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Another piece of misinformation there, if they did actually call it out. But yeah. what I find is that, like, does anybody at any point say this is a health issue? Lem. <laughs> okay, I have to, I'm Come too on, much Lem. of an optimist. Lem, oh, you're so cute, Lem. Oh. Like, at least a health issue, not a, like a women's rights thing, you know? Like, no, right? Lem. <laughs> I know. Oh, Lem, she's so hopeful. No, Lem, no. Um, but, okay, our girl Nikki, who we don't like very much, she has an interesting reason that I mentioned before as to why she is anti-abortion. So she, I believe she wants abortion bans six weeks, but she isn't guaranteeing that she will do a national abortion ban. So, Thank you, Martha. I am unapologetically pro-life, not because the Republican Party tells me to be, but because my husband was adopted. What? What? <laughs> It made me spit up my fart when I was watching it. I was like, but but because my husband is adopted, what? Wouldn't that mean you wouldn't that mean that you were pro-choice? Yeah. Because you would want there to be less children who were in unwanted. the system that were unwanted. But instead she's seeing it as, well, my husband's a blessing. And 
Oh, she's seeing it as okay, like, okay, and, and okay. if he was aboard and he wasn't adopted, it's twisted, he, but I see then he wouldn't be now. here. Yeah, yeah. And she also had a hard time conceiving, so it's because okay, I am prolapse because my husband was adopted. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, Nikki? That. <laughs> what? So, Nikki is a bit unwell. <laughs> but she also has a really reasonable, like she actually is quite reasonable with this, not with her pro-life stance, but her, re- like she's she's the most normal on stage, believe it or not. So I'm still laughing. She also that. says contraception should be available to women. She says that women shouldn't be a punish for abortions. And this okay. is something that a lot of Republicans don't agree with. A lot of Republicans think women should be jailed for murder if they have an abortion performed illegally. So she's very much like women should never be punished for abortions. They should have contraception and options like I think she's, I think plan B is before six weeks. That would make sense. The morning after pill. But she is pro-life and she wants abortions to only be legal before six weeks. Now, a lot of people don't know they're pregnant before six weeks. So it actually would be effectively an abortion ban, which is not fucking good. Okay. It's awful. We know this. But she's the most normal on stage. Then all the men go off and wank each other off about how they want to ban abortions federally. And they're saying things like, like Ron DeSantis says he wants a six-week abortion ban federally, law changed. He has a heartbeat bill in Florida, which is if they have a heartbeat, then they can't be aborted. There's a six-week abortion ban in Florida. He says that Democrats have this extreme opinion. They want to have abortions up to the time of birth. Now, from what I know, like no one, Democrats aren't like day before birth for any reason, you can abort a fetus. What it is, is if it's medically necessary, yeah, you can have an abortion because you will die or the, the fetus will die. Um, and regardless. It doesn't even need to be medically necessary in my opinion. No, I know of this is like not. very. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, what they're, but what they're saying is they're holding on to the most extreme. It's the oh, thing. Okay, okay, We're not okay. battling logic yeah, yeah, yeah. We're battling, okay, okay. We're battling lies. It's, it's, it's <laughs> difficult for my brain now. Okay, all right. You need to watch this with like a couple glass of wine. It's really fun. <laughs> um, okay, so then, then Pence says that he will sign a federal 15-week abortion ban. And Nikki is like, babe, you can't even do that. Don't lie to the American people, which again, Nikki, I'm going, Nikki, slay, remind them they can't do that, but then Nikki would do it if she could. But Nikki's saying like, no, like you actually can't do that because we need uh, need to go through the Senate and we don't have enough votes to stop lying to American people. You actually can't do that. And all you men are just lying about it on stage, which is, again, kind of a slay for my 2010 Tumblr girl. Like she's, yeah. she's blogging, <laughs> like she's like, <laughs> she's going for it. Doug really want to see how they look like. Can I put all their photos in the show notes, like one by one? Yeah. yeah okay. All yeah. right. Doug, poor Doug. Doug, again, mm. is kind of reasonable. Doug says there shouldn't be a federal, even if he could do a federal abortion ban, he wouldn't do one because he doesn't, he thinks a different population should have the opportunity to decide their local abortion laws. And then he says that there's a high risk that they put in a federal abortion law, then it opens a floodgates for other laws to be put into place by Democrats. Look, again, I don't love his reasoning, but... There's a scaric of empathy there. There's a scaric... And, and also, he's kind of reasonable. Yeah. Although, in his state, there is a six-week abortion ban, which he signed. So, we're not we're not pro him at all. But I'm just saying, he isn't going, six-week abortion ban nationwide. Fuck you all. I hope you all fucking die from your babies. He is... Your fucking fetus is inside of you. He is saying, no, it should be a local thing, which is a hope for the American people. 
because then they can go to different states, have abortions, which isn't easy, isn't accessible and isn't joyful, but at least it isn't a nationwide ban that Doug is proposing. Again, poor Doug, too reasonable, won't be chosen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then the abortion chat. I mean, the abortion chat, are we shocked any of this? Not really. Republicans don't want abortion to happen. Then there is uh, the crime and homelessness chat. There's a lot of focus on fentanyl. There's a lot of focus on the income inequalities from Biden and inflation from Biden. It's all Biden's fault for crime and homelessness. Also, there's a lot of conversations around all the wanting to increase funding for the police and Vivek uh, wants there to be less chance of police officers being sued if they commit violence against um, perpetrators. Quote unquote perpetrators, alleged perpetrators, aka they, he wants How to do just, they tie in the drugs to just out of curiosity? Like, what was the sentiment there? Is it that drugs are causing people to be homeless? Like, is there a bit of addiction stigma going on? Or it's just mentioned in passing because they only get 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. So they, they go, and drugs are the reason. It's because of the southern border, because fentanyl was coming in through Mexico. Uh, so they're blaming okay. Mexican people. Okay. All right. As something new for the Republican Party. Ah, never heard of that before. Never heard it. Something yeah. new. But Vivek has a moment where I went, I was kind of thinking, slay <laughs> in one moment. Right? I, went, I went, question mark, Vivek, and then he loses me. So the reality is we have a crime wave in this country and we know how to fix it. The question is, do we actually have the spine to do it? More cops in the streets who are on the streets able to do their jobs without looking over their shoulder for getting sued. And we also have a mental health epidemic in this country. Okay, King, are you going to try and... Okay, you know what? Mental health. Okay, homelessness, mental health. Let's let's acknowledge that, you know? Just over the same period that we have closed mental health institutions, we have seen a spike in violent crime. Okay, look, mental health institutions... Is he calling for more funding for them? That's uh, you know this is this is a, this is a sliver of hope that I have okay. for Vivek. Everything else he says is so god awful. I went, you know what, Vivek, fair enough. Then, do we have the spine to bring him back? I think we should. As president, I will. But it's not just drugging up people in those psychiatric institutions with Zoloft and Seroquel. It's a deeper issue. I think faith-based approaches can play a role here too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I. For a moment, I was like, yes, more funding for mental health, even if it's through some weird biased lens of like, if you know, homelessness and, and, and violent crime, I'm okay with it. If he's wanting to put in any funding into the American healthcare system, you know what, Vivek, maybe that's a sleigh, but no. We're in the middle of a national identity crisis. And I say this as a member of my generation, the problem in our country right now, the reason we have that mental health epidemic is that people are so hungry for purpose and meaning at a time when family, faith, patriotism, hard work have all disappeared. What we really need is a tonal reset from the top, saying that this is what it means to be an American. Yes, we will stand for the rule of law. Yes, we will close the southern border where criminals are coming in every day. And yes, we will back law enforcement because we remember who we really are. And that's also how we address that mental health epidemic in the next generation that is directly leading to violent crime. Can I speak up, Governor DeSantis, really quickly? Governor DeSantis. Yeah. Okay, so he's saying that because people aren't being treated for their mental health, there's higher crime. Yes. Which actually is a stigma because it's saying that anybody Everyone with a mental disorder or whatever is, is going is to be more likely to commit crimes. Yes. Which I don't know the stats on this, but it's, it is discriminatory. Yes. I mean, are we surprised Yeah, yet? Me, me going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm but also... Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I don't mind, I don't mind their 
bullshit logic. If he, if, <laughs> if, you know, you know, it's like, okay, cool. We all know you're, we, we know you're awful, but maybe there'll be funding for any kind of health institution in the US. But yes, keep going. But also combining faith with the mental health stuff. Like he's saying, get rid of all the medications, get rid of Seroquel, which is like a mood stabilizer. Yes. I'm going to say my mom is on it, who mm-hmm. has schizophrenia, and it has actually incredibly impacted our lives positively. Mm-hmm. And so he's discrediting all the medicine and basically anybody with a mental disorder of any type should be sitting in a room and praying. And that is how they're going to get over all of their problems and they're not going to commit any crimes. That's basically what he's saying, right? Yes. Wow. There was a, mo- there was a moment of hope there when he said increase funding. Or, 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 and, I, and, I went, and I went, and then I went, oh, fucking hell. It was like a second where I was like, maybe he's, he's very for, you know, he's, he's a, he's a um, biotech I was like, maybe like he's for like health, you know what I mean? Like yeah, maybe yeah. this is the one thing that I can agree with him on. <laughs> Simply fucking no. But yeah, it is it is stigmatizing. It's also saying that everyone that can, or most crime comes from mental health issues, not from like socioeconomic issues or from you know, your drug addiction is a mental health issue. But like he's saying or from like cultural impacts, or also from over criminalizing things like drug possession. Like that's yeah. also a crime. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Or mm. like over or over policing areas with more people of color. Like that also like they're not looking at those stats. They're just saying it's all from the mental health institutions being closed down, which I was hopeful for any kind of funding for them. But unfortunately, his reasoning was off centre. So unfortunately, Vivek, you don't get my vote. You, you had me for a second, Vivek. I was going to vote for you. Now we speak about Trump. Okay. He has his own section after the ad break. So we come back. So this is two hours long, by the way. I sat there and I nipples hard the whole time. <laughs> I know, Abby texting us saying like, guys, guys, you can't believe this is so <laughs> fucked. So Trump has been indicted on 91 counts um, and we've all seen the mugshot, right? You've seen the mugshot? Yes, of course. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I posted that, I had so many people in my DMs been like, stay out of politics, like th- th- make fun of him. I'm like, he's, in fu- he's a fucked cunt. <laughs> so the question is, if President Trump was convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? It's a good question to pose to them, I have to say. How many of them do you think said yes, that they would still support Trump as their party's choice? Six if said he yes. Was... And the seventh said no. So it was, there's nine of them I think we counted. Oh, okay. But you think eight and nine? I think all of them would have said yes, we would still support him. And one person said no, which is uh, Doug. Doug, Doug, unfortunately, let us down the situation. Our okay, King okay, Doug. Oscar, what do you think, Oscar? I, I saw, I did see. That's the only bit of the whole thing I saw online. So I do. Oh, know the okay, answer. okay, you already know. So all but one raised their hand, but then Chris Christie backtracked. Do you see that, Oscar? Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so they're all on the line, being told to raise the, their hand, except for except for um, Asa, whatever our, our old man in the corner's name is. He didn't put his hand up. But then Chris Christie put his hand like flailing up. And said, no, I, I didn't do that. And they were like, <laughs> I, said, I was doing this. I was doing this. And it was very confusing. And it was like a little naughty boy at school. It was very embarrassing. They're all just children. It's very Sorry, fun. remind me, if they raised their hand, then they meant that even if he's convicted, they'll- They would okay. support Trump. Support okay, him. so I was halfway yeah. there. Vivek, you hand you straight were, up. Vivek, Vivek had the hand straight up. <laughs> yeah, he was ready. Me, like Vivek, they should have got Andy Cohen to- to mediate this, honestly, it would have been so much more interesting. Vex going, yes, pussy slay, I will do it. And then um, seeing my pants slowly, it was just, it's so embarrassing. It's like you guys are all about potentially or have the possibility of being the leader of the free world. And that's how we're answering questions is by raising your hands and just so And looking at each other. 
and and yeah. seeing what they what people around them like they they looking and being like, like yeah people and being like um I guess I will as well <laughs> and it's like Pence you were the vice president you were an mm. awful one but you were the vice president and you can't even like and also you're the one why would you still support him why would you still support someone who was criminally convicted with a felony like because they believe that the systems inherently are flawed and that mm. the the trial was unfair or whatever mm. it was the conviction was unfair mm. and i think that if they if any of them whoever didn't raise their hand is definitely not going to be nominated like go through the next round yeah because well, Asa people, was already out wasn't he <laughs> 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 I didn't even know his name <laughs> but you're right you're right they know that they know that they don't want to piss off any trump supporters entirely they can say they have criticisms of trump but you're right they can't say it's the same logic that they use for like the media lies that trump uses mm. where you discredit anything based on what you think only what you think and you color the picture differently. And I think people are genuinely think that Trump was like, there's a huge section, right? Of people mm. who think that he was unfairly treated. And even if he does go to jail, it it actually will help him in the long run after he comes out. Because exactly. Because yeah. it, it'll just... Um, Sympathy and, and, and anger. Yeah. And, yeah. It's like the mugshot, you know, that actually works in some ways for him. I know. Because people, yeah. Did you see a Fox News reporter saying... Now I now I have a clean bill of history with heterosexuality, but he looks good. Trump looks good. <laughs> no, no one thinks you're trying to fuck Trump, that dude. That's so homophobic. No, when people do so that, homophobic, but also I have a clean bill of heterosexuality, and they all talk like this. <laughs> but he looks good, Nancy. He looks good. <laughs> what? That's quite good. Thank you. Um, appreciate it. Nada. Call me. Um, <laughs> So Chris Chris Squared says, um, <laughs> he's like, no, no, I didn't put my hand up. I didn't put my hand up. And he's like, we have to stop normalising the behaviour behavior like this from Trump. It's really not okay. A president shouldn't be acting like this and we shouldn't have a president who is charged with a felony. Logic. Fair enough. Particularly when felons can't even vote. Yeah. So, it's, also, it's also very interesting that they're so pro-police, but when it comes to Trump and like somebody actually being tried... Mm-hmm. They change their tune, right? That's so like, true, Lem. The fuck? That's so true. Selective. Interesting. They're hypocritical. Yeah, yeah isn't it? Vivek then is like Vivek then like tries to beef Chris Christie because because Chris Christie's come for him previously about Obama things, and he goes like, "Babe, like obviously doesn't say like this, but it's essentially this, essentially this." Babe, like, you're just jealous of Trump and you have vengeance in your heart for Trump. You have vengeance in your heart for Trump. And because it's like, no, he just shouldn't be fucking president if he's got a fucking felony in the face. Like, no, honestly, if I'm elected, if I'm elected, I will pardon Donald Trump. Who here will put their hand up to say if they're elected, they will pardon Donald Trump? And he goes, and up again, he goes, me, I'll do it, I'll do it. He's like a kid at primary school promising soft drink in the bubblers. Like he's like, <laughs> it's so, f- and Pence is like, okay, dude. Like everyone, everyone on that stage is like, this man is not well. Like he's so bizarre. You know, everyone just fuck it. It's, it's, the way that Vec is handling his campaign is essentially he is just trying to get Claps and validation, like an insecure little weasel. Like it's so embarrassing. It's like if I was married to him, pussy dry all the time. <laughs> like so upset. So then the Trump thing's kind of over. It's only like two or three questions. I had, I had to talk about the mediator said, we need to talk, talk about, about the, the elephant, elephant not in the room. room. And then all of them, all, 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 ooh, everyone, ooh, what the fuck? <laughs> 
So then they move on to the war in Ukraine. And it's all about um, the funding given to Ukraine. And, of course, the question is, would you support no more funding to Ukraine? Put your hand up. Can I just, like, I know I don't know what's going to come next, but was there anything related to communism that's going to come up now? Yep. Okay. But, right. it was, but, but, look, I didn't write it down because it was just kind of like all that happened was Pence said that they're protecting themselves against communism and Vivek said, um, just so you know, um, the USSR uh, collapsed decades ago. Pence, okay, and Pence like, I know, babe, but Putin's still a communist. <laughs> and they're like, it's like so weird. It's You need to watch this. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I do. I, again, I, I wish I could sit down and film myself watching this and pausing because this is, it is fucking batshit. <laughs> but yes, like, communism was kind of touched on, but it was more about like, do we give funding to Ukraine? Okay. A quote unquote friend of America. Mm in order to protect them from Putin and then then protect the West from Putin. It's all anti-Russia sentiment, basically. It's all anti-Russia and also anti-China with Russia. Vivek says it's disastrous. They're putting funding into another nation's border when they could put it into the US border. And it's like, yeah, cool, but they're they're defending NATO countries and Russia. If Russia gets into a NATO country, it'll be a fucking world war. So it's just like, be okay with that. Also, it's not mm. been great over there. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like it's been pretty fucking horrendous and they needed assistance, so the US weirdly gave them assistance. Um, he then says that they should help the south side of Chicago before they should help Ukraine. I get what you're saying, Vivek, but maybe we should help both and maybe tax big corporations in the country. That could be mm. the answer as well. So Pence is like, um, babe, get a grip. We're preventing a war, world war, like grow up, essentially. Yeah. And Chris, Chris, Chris Squared is like, it's fucking cooked over there. Like, I've been there. I've seen the atrocities. It's really fucked up. So, like, we're trying to stop people from um, getting uh, murdered and raped and civilians. This amount of civilians being raped and murdered and da 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 I think so many times America came in saying we're helping and they fucked things up. Like well, Iraq, for example. Well, this is, then this is where things – and then the Vic mentions Iraq. Okay. So then this is where I go, yeah, look, fair, where Americans come in and they do fucked up shit and then... Exactly. They say under the, the guise East. of helping, under the guise of humanitarian and under the guise of actually white supremacy as well. Like, you, we guys are going to civilize yeah. you. We're going to make everything yeah. better for you. And c- coming from the Middle East, anytime the US saying they're helping in a war setting, I'm like, what does that mean? It's never transparent. They've had so many scandals about it. So Yeah, they're just trying to get resources or they're trying to have power over, yeah. over a certain area. Um, but I didn't know you were such a big Vivek fan um, because <laughs> he, oh. he compares Lame, it to the should have just been honest with us. Lame, it's okay that you love him. It's okay. Yeah. We can be friends and disagree. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking suing you for defamation. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, but then they bring up the Iraq war and the Afghanistan war and and which uh, which – like, yes, like you said, fair points, but that wasn't Vivek's angle. He was just saying that it's, he's always said it was a fruitless war, which is completely fair. And, and it's a no win war and, and that, you know, it won't have any positive outcomes for the US. Nikki, who has worked for the UN, Nikki Haley, our girl boss, she is like, Putin is a murderer, babe. Like, you have no, then she says, you have no foreign policy experience and it shows and it shows and everyone claps. Yeah. It's very bitchy. (laughs) Um, And then DeSantis chimes in and he says, I won't send troops to the Ukraine, but I will send troops to the southern border to stop fentanyl. Ron, are you lost? We aren't speaking about that right now. (laughs) Then, then Tim chimes in, Tim, who we've yet to hear from. 
And he says... Yeah, I don't even remember who that guy is. Tim is the one, the evangelical one. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Okay. Now they've somehow gone off course and they're not speaking about the Ukraine anymore. Now they're speaking about the southern border. And this is where fentanyl comes in, okay? So a lot of the fentanyl in the US comes from um, Mexico. The fentanyl isn't great. But also I think it's interesting their war against fentanyl is so focused on Mexico and Mexican people. It's like, again... People who have had maybe like a son die of a fentanyl overdose, if the politicians are saying it's because it's from Mexico and we need to close the border to stop deaths happening, then of course they're going to vote to close the border. When in reality there is an addiction issue in the US that as anyone who's seen Painkiller has seen, comes from a complete, like you said, overprescription of opioids and addictions have started. And then there's street fentanyl and people having things that are laced with fentanyl. Obviously, having the supply minimised, yes, in theory, will help. But the real issue and the real reality of what's going on comes from over-prescription. And um, it's not Mexico's quote-unquote fault entirely, in my opinion. Even if it's not just over-prescription, like Rachel Payne, when she came on, she started talking about harm minimization, which is seeing it as a health issue rather than as a crime issue or like something to be penalised. Because... Pretty much, if you try to block that Mexican border, it's going to come from another border. And it's going to be another Mm. failed drug policy because it doesn't fucking work. It is one of the most addictive substances in the world. Mm -hmm. And if you get exposed to it, you're going to do so much to Mm -hmm. try and get it. Mm -hmm. So it's about trying to break the cycle from the beginning, try not to associate it with shame, looking at it as a health problem Mm -hmm. and fucking like not dealing with people like I mean, they're resources criminals. for addiction for like, mental health institutions and and like other the than said. the over prescription no, another yeah. agreement with the vic from uh, <laughs> interesting oh, no. Turning out. Mm. Um, no but you're you're entirely they aren't actually dealing with the act with the issue they're just dealing with the supply and also i think it's interesting republicans are so quote unquote anti big pharma during the in regards mm. to covid vaccines oh yeah mm. and then in this, they won't blame American Big Pharma. Which is what Painkiller addressed, right? Yes. Like getting basically pretty much, if, if anybody sees it, it's all it does is show how much the commercialization of this industry has impacted mm-hmm. the like medical regulations. Mm-hmm. So like even how OxyContin, which is a powerful opioid, became used as literally like overprescribed, mm-hmm. like how it became that, is it got TGA approved and how they TGA approved it was basically buying out the guy who r- writes the TGA. Mm-hmm. Fucking, the one person. The one the fucking person. And that should not happen in that system. No. So, yeah. Anyway. And then they used advertising. Things women, that should basically. Be able, women, women to like uh, get doctors to overprescribe. Yeah this medication and gave them bonuses and yeah. basically like privatized the pharmaceutical industry. Like they have the, the jails. Over there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they, they won't focus on big farmers role in the opioid crisis. They'll focus on Mexico. Yeah. But then when the vaccines are being spread out that aren't addictive, that had yeah. uh, minimal side effects that were saving lives, then they're saying big pharma controls everything. So it's very interesting the way mm. that they, they can split those two thoughts. They have it, bit backwards. So our mate Tim, who we haven't heard from yet, they're speaking about how they want to, it's also very Republican, they want to fire the IRS agents, like 80,000 IRS agents, and hire more border security to protect Americans from fentanyl. I, I knew fentanyl was a huge issue, but I didn't know it was going to be spoken about. So, like everything goes back to fentanyl. 
which I knew was a big issue, but like I didn't know it was so like that was their main immigration argument was fentanyl. I yeah, it's because it's killing so many people that that I think, especially those low, low socioeconomic places that are most mm. impacted by it. You're getting the actually you're getting votes from diverse communities. You're getting votes from low socioeconomic when mm. you're actually being that hardcore about this issue because mm. it's killing people. Yeah, three hundred a day thanks to Biden. According to Doug. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, well, there, there is 300 bad. a day, but everyone explicitly says it's Biden's fault. <laughs> As though the opioid epidemic hasn't been going on for 30 years. Yeah. But okay. So this is our mate, Tim. Even nice to hear his voice for the first time. <laughs> Fire the 87,000 IRS agents and hire or double the number of Border Patrol agents. I just left Yuma, Arizona about two weeks ago. The most pressing need of the American people from a national security standpoint is our southern border. It has led to the death of 70,000 Americans because of fentanyl, plus six million illegal crossings since President Biden has taken office and 200 people on our national security watch list have been caught at our border. How many have not been caught at our southern border? If we just spend $10 billion, we could finish the wall. For $5 billion more, we could have the military-grade technology to surveil our southern border to stop the flow of fentanyl and save 70,000 Americans a year. So they're going on and on about Biden spending too much in Ukraine, about too much money being spent by the Democrats for COVID payments. And then they say for just $10 billion, <laughs> we can build you a wall. And for $5 billion more, we'll increase military. Like you said, Lem, it's going to come from somewhere else. The wall doesn't really do much. They, and they mean a physical wall, by the way, everyone. They don't, they don't just mean like. That's also, so good. That's, like they, a, that's the wall Trump started, right? Yeah, but didn't finish. Okay. Didn't get the project in on time. Um, <laughs> so that's their solution is to try and prevent immigration from South America. They're obviously, a lot of them go on and on about the 6 million illegal immigrants. I mean, how can you be an illegal um, immigrant? Um, the world is one place. But also no one in their right mind. I mean, I know we all agree with this. We all agree with immigration policies, I think. I would hope you've listened to this. But let's just say no one would willingly up and leave their home country, leave their family, leave all of their worldly possessions just for a bit of a lull to go and live in America. Like, let's be honest, they're fleeing from something. They need to get out. There is some sort of danger they're in or there's some sort of economic strife that they're in. They need to get to America um, or they need to get to a different country. Saying that they, there are 6 million illegal immigrants that have come across, they then all talk about how they're going to send them back when oh, they man. find them. That's awful. Isn't that fucking terrifying? Wow. And how they need to spend more money on preventing them from coming in. Yeah, and everyone is in agreement about that, obviously. Like oh, all of them. Everyone. Like, there's not even a point. There's not even a point saying it because they all just go, uh, "Will you send them back?" And they go, "Yeah, I will." Like they're, like they're not even thinking about it. Like they want to send back all of the quote unquote illegal immigrants just from Mexico. There's no mention of. I mean, oh, South America in general, I guess. There's no mention of illegal immigrants from France. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, there's no mention of illegal immigrants from Canada. Yeah. Which. You know, I'm sure there's people on fucking expired Esther visas from Australia totally, over there. Totally, totally, yeah. Like, I know people who've done that. I know people as well. Like, it's not just a southern border thing, but the only border they speak about is a southern border. Yeah. Which is fucking interesting. 
Then they speak about education and DeSantis wanks himself off about the critical race theory and the gender studies and getting rid of all of that. It's pretty fucking embarrassing. Nothing really of interest. But then Vivek says this. Lem's boyfriend. He's asked this question. Yeah, Lem's boyfriend. <laughs> Lem's BF says this. Get a change of undies ready because I'm going to get wet. <laughs> You've said that the Department of Education, the FBI, the ATF, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the IRS, the Department of Commerce, many of these should not exist. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, he wants to get rid of teachers' unions. He wants to, like, smash teachers' unions. They, they all want to get rid of the Board of Education. All of them do. Because they, they, what they want to do is put – what he says is he wants to get the money from the Board of Education and put it into the hands of parents who decide how to educate their children. He wants to get rid of government, essentially. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever heard a, an idea like this before. Like we have because you're on the forums of Vivek. It's okay. <laughs> don't pretend. <laughs> Lem, you can don't tell us it's Lem. okay, Lem. <laughs> but yeah, even the FBI he wants to get rid of. He wants to get rid of everything. So look, we have a crisis of achievement. Let's shut down the head of the snake, the Department of Education. Take that $80 billion, put it in the hands of parents across this country. This is the civil rights issue of our time. It's the civil rights issue of their time. I mean, education in America is... Not great. They're not performing very well, obviously. But I'm not sure the answer to that is to take the money away from the government bodies that create education. Because education does not impact economy at all, you know? Yeah. Like, so what parents what parents are going to want to be like, yeah, 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 I'm going to teach my own kids. It's like that's the only time of the day where it's like, off you go. Have a break from them. See <laughs> I mean, I think... A lot of Republicans would love to do that because they're so scared of critical race theory and sex education and totally. gender studies. And they, they, they want to be like having control. Your city wants to get rid of the union so the public schools can compete, which I think means paying teachers as little as possible and putting more into wow. like privatizing public schools, essentially. That is just fucked. It's fucking insane. Um, he also says that every high school senior should have to pass a civics test to become a citizen of the country. So they aren't a citizen until they are, they've passed this test like you do when you immigrate into a country. This guy, what's his background again? He was born to immigrants. Okay. So first generation. He is a biotech billionaire. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. Like zero, zero understanding of the repercussions of imagine if what he says he actually is, is going to yeah. do. He also in this debate went on about how women are being financially more encouraged to not have a man in the household than they are to have a man in the household and that we should essentially, I think what he's saying there, because a lot of this is in code as well, like a lot of this is in like politician code. I think what he's saying there is that like single parent payments shouldn't happen. Yeah, wow. So that you have to have a man in the household. This dude has never spent time with a kid, I don't think. He's got like, three kids, I think. Yeah, but he does, has two. nothing spent to do with, with them. time with them, you're right, oh you're right, you're God. right. Yeah. It's fucked. Yeah, because you take care of his kids for him. Because <laughs> you're his good mate. Because you're his best friend. <laughs> All right, fine, guys. Yeah, yeah. on the weekends, you and Vicka barbecue and you go, I take care of the kids for Vicka. I love him. I love those kids. <laughs> So then we have the closing Ew. statements. And before and before I even – I know we're going for three hours of this, but we just got one more. And it's more Vivek, our king. Sorry, <laughs> obviously being sarcastic. Um, yeah, and before I even saw him begin to speak, I started screen recording. Because the rest of the closing statements are like, 
I'm going to fight for a stronger America, right? And that's like whatever. It's like, I'm going to fix our education system. Vivek, glint in his eye, and he says the following. I was born in 1985, and I grew up into a generation where we were taught to celebrate our diversity and our differences so much that we forgot all of the ways we are really just the same as Americans, bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion in 1776. And this is our moment to revive those common ideals. God is real. There are two genders. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to man. Capitalism lifts us up from poverty. There are three branches of government, not four. And the U.S. Constitution, it is the strongest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is what won us the American Revolution. That is what will win us the revolution of 2024. Thanks for letting me introduce myself tonight. Thank you. That's revolting. Lim. Take the mayo off it, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is really fucked up. It, there's so many points there. There's so many points there. <laughs> Len, we get it. We get it. Oh, no. No, no, no. He no. made me look up how he looks as well. Like I was No, but like, his smile is terrifying. He sounds um, like a robot. He does. He sounds like Chad GDP. Chad GDP. Chris, Chris was right. Oh my God. My Chrissy Chris. It's scary. So that was his closing statements. The rest of the closing statements were that interesting. They were all quite fucking boring. But that was essentially the <laughs> GOP debate. Oh. oh, my God. It was honestly like Real Housewives. I loved it so much. It terrified me. I get horny from fear. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, what's going to happen? And it gave me hope for more podcast content in the future about how awful these people are. <laughs> Though it, it's a fine line because you want the content, but you don't want them to be elected. Yeah. So it's very hard for me. Um, I do hope, though, they choose someone so outlandish that they won't win the election, but the risk there is that they will choose the most cooked cunt. I, but Vivek, Vivek was getting the most cheers. Yeah, I heard that. I was about to comment on that. That's ridiculous. Like, it actually terrified me because I think that in the eyes of Republicans, Vivek won. Because he was getting, like, <laughs> roaring, like, you know what I mean? Like, Republicans do. Do you think also that, like, because he's from a diverse background, people think that by supporting the, him, they're not going to be racist as well? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. oh, I know a brown person. You yes. Know, or, it's like Candace Owens. I think Fact. that's probably correct as well because he comes from a, yeah, an immigrant family, a poor family. He, he made his own money. Mm. He's had no political. His whole thing was as well, like, I have no political experience. I'm not indoctrinated like all these people. Then Pence would be like, you need experience. He embodies the, the American dream. Imba- that was really good. <laughs> that was Thank good, you. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, Lem, we know that you think he embodies the American dream. We know you love him. Um, it's okay. <laughs> Um, look, if there's more debates, I'll do some more on this, but it's my hyperfixation. I had to just get it out because I love this shit. And if you didn't like this episode, I don't really give a fuck, to be honest, because um, <laughs> you're going to have to cop this again. If tr- but guys, if Trump if Trump runs a president again, like... Oh, it's so, yeah. it's so scary and sick. So what, win, what, what, what are we next going to see? Like, is there going to be another debate on TV? There's another like, debate I feel on like TV, I think, later in the year. Okay. When there is, so we'll, I will watch it, um, obviously. Yeah, we're do a special. invested a little bit now that I know who they are, these I, people. Yeah, the characters. <gasps> no, it's literally Real Housewives. It's like you we'll have to get to thing. know them. Yeah. Um, I wonder what all of their taglines would be. 
Climate change may be a hoax, but it's time to get hot. That would be that would be Vivek. What would Doug be? Silence. Yeah. I'm Doug. That's it. I'm Doug. That Doug. Yeah, look, the the poor things, poor American people. It really concerns me. I just finished Handmaid's Tale. Oh no. I've read it a million times, but I hadn't watched the series. series. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it just makes me worried, to be mm, honest. Yeah. Um, so America, we're praying for you and we're doing <laughs> a faith-based leadership tonight. So, um, all right, we'll talk to you later and hopefully Trump doesn't become the nominee. Actually, I don't think he'd win. He wouldn't win. He lost once mm. and Democrats would fucking go hard. Don't like that kind of Yeah, thing. yeah. And also he's too, too divisive with Republicans. He will, after mm. January 6th, He's ruined their reputation. Constitutionist, like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guys, I'll talk to you later. A listener production.